Gather round, one and all, and listen to tales of excitement and adventure. Tales of daring heroes, savage monsters, and bards who just couldn't keep it in their pants. Tales of friendship, nobility, drunken foolishness, and unforgettable fun. These are tales of role-playing games, fair listeners, and this is Rollin' Bones. My name is Ryan Howard, and I shall be your god. Hello everyone and welcome to Rollin' Bones with Ryan Howard, your source for the best in RPG interviews. I am your host and Dungeon Master Ryan Howard, and today we actually don't have an interview. Instead, we are going to be discussing a uh, a topic that, you know, in light of recent events has become very, very uh, pertinent for RPG players, and that is playing games virtually. Uh, This is something that I actually don't like to do. There are a lot of people out there who the only way that they can game because, you know, they can't get local groups together or, you know, they've got a weird schedule or they're in a a weird time zone. The only way that they have to play RPGs is to play virtually. I am fortunate enough that, uh, for the most part, I'm not one of those people. I've got two great groups that are local to me, uh, great players, and, you know, I run games for both of them. Occasionally, we switch off DMs in the Wednesday group and, you know, someone else runs a game and I get to be a player but for the most part I really dislike playing online that's that's part of the reason why uh, those of you who've been on the show before and have invited me to to be a part of uh, you know stream games or uh, or discord games or something like that that's part of the reason why I haven't accepted the other part is there's only so many hours in the week I have a wife and two cats to spend time with. I've got other things that need to be done. Unfortunately, I don't have unlimited time to just play D&D and paint minis and pet my kitties and and spend quality time with my wife and, you know, eat. So, you know, I have to... I I can only play so many games. I I found that my limit for most weeks is right around, I think, three at most, and that's only with me DMing two. (laughs) If you're trying to run three games at one time, more power to you, but yeah, that's that's not going to work out the way you think it will. It's going to be kind of a nightmare. But all that to say, I really prefer not to play virtually. And there's multiple reasons behind that. The The first and, and biggest reason is it's very easy to get distracted while playing online uh, because you are, instead of sitting in a room with a bunch of people and, you know, looking at each other and collaborating and talking to each other, you are staring at a screen and if you're lucky, there are pictures of everyone that you can look at. But even then, most people aren't looking at their webcam. You know, it, it's, it's not like they're looking at you so it makes it very difficult to actually engage with people while you're playing and when it's not your turn or there's something going on that you know you can't really help with it's pretty easy to to find yourself getting bored because at that point you're just sitting there listening to someone's conference call and a lot of times players will find other things to do i've heard of situations where players will be playing on discord and someone will fire up a video game when it's not their turn 
that's never happened to me. I have had a player once when we were doing a virtual game just as a uh, a bunch of people couldn't make it, so we decided to do the game virtually. This was during uh, Muhammad's campaign, and then we did it once when I was running for that same group. Yeah, you know, we, we had to do a game virtually, and one of the players was uh, painting minis while we were playing. And I understand why he was doing it. Uh, you know, his his character wasn't involved in a lot of the stuff that we were doing. Um, he was kind of biding his time until something interesting came up. Uh, but he was completely distracted. And when, when we addressed him, he was like, oh, oh, sorry, uh, I was painting minis. Because those of you who've painted know you can't really split your attention between painting and something else. Painting is very much takes up uh, probably about 95% of your focus. You know, you I, I paint with podcasts on. And occasionally I'll paint with like a YouTube video on in the background. But for the most part, your attention is on painting. My wife has figured this out uh, when she's tried to have conversations with me while painting. I, I kind of turn into a, a stone wall sitting at the table. But then the other reason I don't like it is as a dungeon master, again, I, I feel disconnected from my players. And so I get really bad anxiety about players not being engaged with my game. And I take that very personally. And when... I feel like everyone's kind of bored or not engaged. That's, you know, that's really when I feel like I'm a bad DM. Because in a lot of cases, if your players are bored or not engaged with what you're doing, you very well might be a bad DM. I have definitely had situations where players were bored with what I put in front of them, and it was my fault. So, you know, if I get the sense that my players aren't enjoying themselves, I'm, I'm gonna take that to heart. I'm going to take it personally, and that's that, that's one of the tricky things about playing online that you have to kind of overcome. Now, with that said, uh, with recent circumstances kind of being what they are, uh, and and this whole, you know, push for everyone to kind of distance themselves and, and you know, not gather, I'm not going to say that phrase because I hate it. It sounds Orwellian and stupid, and I don't like it, but, you know, you all know what people say. You know, with all that going on, my D&D game stopped meeting, and I pushed against this as much as I possibly could, uh, because not only do I prefer playing D&D in person, I need to interact with people. I struggle a lot with isolation and loneliness, and I need to be social sometimes. And D&D is one of those primary ways in which I socialize with. I, I like to, to sit around a table and play games with friends. You know, I, I like to cook for people. This is something that I've recently discovered, but I love, um, you know, making food for people. And something that we do during uh, our, our Saturday games is we, uh, we take turns hosting. When we host, we provide food for the other people. So that's gone. Uh, at least for the time being, I can't do that. And the first couple weeks that, that we were doing this, um, you know, well, last week my parents were in town, which was a, a huge blessing because, you know, I, I got to spend a weekend with people and, you know, having fun and sitting around a table playing games with people. And, you know, I, I cooked for my parents. It was a it was a great experience. I was so glad that they were here. It, it was really something that I needed. But without D&D, I, I don't get a lot of that. And especially now that I'm working from home, everything has become video conferencing. And so kind of the, the it brings up more problems with virtual gaming because virtual gaming at this point feels a lot 
like my job because my job is, you know, sitting at a computer and talking to people over video conference. That's that's 85% of the work that I do. But, you know, my players want to adhere to, you know, the recommendations. They want to they want to stay home and not kind of spread this this virus around and as a DM and as a friend of theirs, I have to accept their decision. So, I have two options. Either I don't play D&D at all for God knows how long until all of this ends, or I suck it up and I do what's best for my players and what's best for me, and I just run the game online. And so that's the situation I found myself in. And so that's kind of where I'm coming from with this episode. This is going to be my best attempt to kind of go through the ins and outs of running games online, how to engage your players, you know, how to make sure everything, everyone's having fun, make sure everything's working, get around technical difficulties, and continue to enjoy this hobby, even though we've been forced to kind of stay in our homes. Even though we don't get to sit around the table anymore, we still have this hobby, we have the technology to continue to enjoy this, so we should utilize it. And that is what I'm going to dedicate today's episode to. So, first and foremost, when it comes to running an online game, the first thing you have to do is make sure everyone is on the same page as far as video conferencing and technology is concerned. So basically, you have to pick the platform you're going to use And I've got personal favorites. I've got some that I like. I've got some that I dislike. I will go through all of them. So firstly, uh, you've got Skype. Skype is kind of the the brand name when it comes to to video conferencing. It's it's like the Kleenex of video conferencing. I I can't tell you how many times I'll have older customers at work who will say, I want to Skype with you when, you know, we're, we're not using Skype. We're using Google Hangouts. But people will just use the word Skype when they mean video call, so yes, Skype is an option. A lot of people hate Skype. I completely understand it. I use Skype for uh, my interviews because of, again, of the ubiquity and because of the recording quality that I can get with my uh, my call recorder. Uh, but another option that's out there that's a little bit, a little bit better as far as connectivity, um, I don't like using it for the podcast because the recordings aren't as great, but you could also use Zoom. In fact, that's what we used on Wednesday with my Wednesday group. Uh, Josh actually set up the terrain on his table and he set up a terrain camera and Keith hosted the call because Keith has Zoom Premium. And so we used Zoom. Uh, it, it worked well. It was it was great. That's definitely something that you can do. Uh, I think a Zoom Premium membership is $15 a month. So if you're going to do that, you just... Uh, Someone needs to do that because I believe just baseline Zoom, you can only have three people on a call. And most of your D&D groups are more than three people. So someone will have to maintain that that Zoom premium membership if that's what you want to do. Now, the third option that you have is Discord. And Discord has a lot of neat features that you can get. Uh, We had a Discord server for Muhammad's game, and he actually set up a dice rolling bot so we didn't have to roll dice on the honor system. We were just able to, to type in, okay, roll 3d6, and it would roll. 
So there's a lot of cool built-in functionality with Discord. Sometimes video conferencing on Discord is very difficult. Uh, the, the voice chat works well, uh, but when you add in video, that, that kind of becomes a little bit, uh, a little bit wonky there. Actually, I don't even know if Discord supports video. I, th I think it, no, no, Discord does support video, but it's good for, it's good for voice chat. It's definitely a good option. I have a personal kind of dislike for Discord. I know that puts me in a very small minority in the gaming uh, sphere. And uh, those of you who, you know, have me in your Discord channel know I'm not very active on there. It's because it stresses me out. When you're part of multiple Discords, you get multiple notifications. I'm a guy who does not like to have a lot of notifications on his phone. I don't like to constantly hear a, a, a bing noise every time I get a notification because I feel obligated to check it. And with Discord, if you're in, God, like 10 Discord servers like some people I know are, that's just constant bing, 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 bing. And sometimes, you know, someone will at everyone and you'll be like, oh, someone's trying to get in touch with me. And you'll have to go over there to find out that it's just someone making an announcement for everyone. And I can't deal with that. I'm sorry, I, I cannot deal with that. That's a lot. And so I'm, I'm not active at all on Discord. That's why. It's a lot. Maybe that's a stupid reason for you guys, but that's something that very much kind of like pushes my irritated button is multiple notifications going off, especially if it's stuff that I don't care about. And when you have multiple channels within a server, that just makes it even worse because then, you know... It, things are popping off in the off-topic channel or things are, you know, the gaming channels going going berserk or, you know, the meme channel. Oh, God, the meme channels. Suffice it to say, some people don't have anything better to do than just, like, spam the Discord all day long. I'm not one of those people. I, I've got other stuff to do. And having it open in the background just really stresses me out. So, yeah, I can't, I can't do that. But anyway, if you're running a... If you're running your your D and D game on there, and you only have like you know the five to eight people in your channel, and you're just you know like I said playing D and D in there, that's that's different. I could easily do that. In fact, I did that with uh, my group, as I told you guys. It's not my preferred way to play, but it's doable. And then the last way that you could video conference, and this is kind of the the worst way to do it, is over Roll Twenty. Roll Twenty is a phenomenal tool for visualizing D and D. It's Voice and video chat is busted as hell, though. It is slow. It does not work well. I don't like chatting over Roll20. The, the only times that I use Roll20 are just to visualize the map and we'll chat over Discord or Skype. That's the best way to... That's If you're going to use Roll20, don't voice or video chat on Roll20. It doesn't work. Or it does, but it works terribly. So, you know, you, you have those options on the table. And you'll need to find an option that works well for all of your players. And something that actually came up in my Wednesday group that I didn't expect to be an issue, but, you know, of course it would be an issue. Not everyone has the same level of technology. Some people in our group have super old laptops. So, you know, it was kind of up in the air whether or not one of our players could actually run Zoom on his computer. Turns out he can. It's fine. It worked. You know, but he had some trouble kind of setting it up. And, you know, in the age of smartphones, that technology gap isn't as big of an issue, but it still can be. And, you know, video conferencing on a smartphone is not ideal. I know it was designed, you know, so that you could video conference, but that's not, 
It's not what it was meant for. It doesn't really work, especially if you're playing D&D. It's, it's kind of a, you know, last resort. So as best you can, find something that everyone can access on their computers. And uh, if you need the equipment, it's, it's not that expensive to get a decent headset that you can plug in via USB and a decent camera if you don't have a laptop or your laptop doesn't have a camera. Most most laptops come with a built-in camera. So just get yourself a good USB headset or you can be like me and have a, a nice USB microphone. But then again, I record this podcast. So yeah, I kind of need one of those. Now the next aspect is in order to keep your players engaged, there has to be some kind of visual representation of the game going on. Uh, even if you play theater of the mind, I would still recommend having some kind of visual representation for an online game because like I said we used to play theater of the mind uh in person it's perfectly fine because it's conversational you can look at someone and, and see them and you know actually be able to engage with them uh but online it's super difficult to play theater of the mind you need to have some kind of visual representation just so you know everyone has something to to look at while they're playing and one of the best ways to do this is with roll 20 while roll 20 is bad for video conferencing it is good as a you know virtual tabletop there's actually a couple different good virtual tabletops that you can play. Roll20 is kind of the, uh, you know, the ubiquitous one. They've uh, done a lot of work in the RPG community to kind of get their name out there. Some people have problems with them, uh, but there's other other good resources that you can use, like uh, Fantasy Grounds. Now, Fantasy Grounds is... Unlike uh, Roll20, it's not web-based. Uh, you have to actually like have an executable to run it. You can get it for free, uh, but you'd have to buy the different uh, the different systems for it. Like they they are supported widely. Uh, you know, like Fantasy Grounds says, Vampire the Masquerade, Dungeons and Dragons, uh, Deadlands, Savage Worlds, Pathfinder. They even have Mutants and Masterminds, Thirteenth Age, all the big ones. You can get on there, but you have to pay for each rule set, which if you're doing this on a budget might not be your best bet. But still, it's out there. It's a really cool interface. I've seen it before. Uh, Fantasy Grounds is cool. I haven't used it. Maybe one of these days, if I decide to, you know, run more online games, I might start using Fantasy Grounds. But uh, yeah, Roll20, you know, you can you can get it for free. Uh, you can do a lot with it for free as well. It's it's actually you know pretty pretty cool. Again, they have a marketplace where you can buy uh, you know rule sets and stuff like that. You can have your character sheets in Roll Twenty. There's a lot of cool stuff on there. You can roll dice online in Roll Twenty. But again, don't use it for video chat. It's busted as hell. Uh, but one of the the coolest features of Roll Twenty that you can do is they have like a dynamic lighting feature. And like a, a fog of war feature. So if you're a DM and you're worried about, you know, your players looking ahead on the map, you can actually like it's covered up and the players can only see what they would be able to see if they were in the room with this feature turned on. It's it's really cool. Uh, Luke Hart actually has a, has a really good video that he just put out about running games online, and he talked a lot about the features in Roll20. And if this persists, I'm going to have to ask him to come on, and we can do an, another episode on this. Um, I also want to talk to him about Discord, just, just so I can get better at using Discord. Again, a lot of people love it. I am just... I don't know, an old man trapped in a young man's body. Although anyone who knows me could have told you that. I. But if you don't want to do a map, if you don't 
have the time or the energy to to make maps online you still need some way to visualize and so then i would just recommend you know pulling up pictures or stuff like that or you could use uh hero forge and uh you know put up pictures of uh, the models that you made to represent your NPCs. Uh, Kyle, who's been on the show before, I believe he makes visual representations of all of the NPCs, or all the major NPCs that his players encounter in Hero Forge, just so they have an image in their head. It's a really ingenious thing. Kyle puts a lot of time into his games. I don't know that I could do that, because again, it's, it's a time thing. But it's a really cool thing that Kyle does for his players that you could do for yours if you're forced into online. So, once you have your, uh, you know, visual representation, and once you have um, your conferencing software figured out, now it comes to actually running the game. And when it comes to running the game, one of the biggest things that you'll have to figure out is dice. Now, I prefer, just personally, having dice in front of me that I roll and just doing the honor system, because I like to think that I can trust my players. Uh, maybe some of you can't trust your players. Maybe some of you won't be able to do the honor system. Or maybe some of you will be tempted, if you have the dice in front of you, just to make up your rolls. I personally see that as harming the game, so I, I wouldn't fudge my dice rolls. Unless, for a DM-y reason, I had to fudge a dice roll. That's a different situation, because sometimes DMs have to do that. But to solve that, the, the best way to do that is to use something like Roll20 or something like Discord where you can virtually roll dice. And there's multiple different ways to do this. Like I said, it's built into Discord. It's built into Roll20. Uh, it can be built into Discord. I'm not entirely sure how Mo did that, but it shouldn't be too hard to figure out. But then you can also go online and find, you know, like an online dice roller. And like you can just Google online dice roller on Google and one pops up and you have, you know, different options, different polyhedral dice. You've got a, a four, six, eight, 10, 12, 20. And so like right now, I'm, I'm looking at it right now and I can go one, two, three, 46 and then roll. And I got an 11. Not great, but you know, could have been better. But then uh, wizards.com, they have their own, uh, they have their own dice roller. There's there's a whole bunch of these. If you if you can just you know virtually roll dice, um, share your screen with people. The easiest way to do it, just to uh, to visualize it, is to do it through Roll Twenty, and that way you can see what your players are rolling. Players can see what the DM rolls, that kind of stuff. If you feel like your dice rolls out in the open, if you feel like you have to police that, you can do it through Roll Twenty pretty easily. Now, with uh, kind of that stuff out of the way, the, the next thing to really talk about when it comes to online games is engaging your players and on the player side, being an engaged player. I've already discussed this a little bit, but when it comes to online games, it's really important not to let kind of the social stuff drag too much. Because if you have players who aren't very social based. You know, they don't have good stats when it comes to charisma or intelligence or, you know, wisdom. They can't really contribute to a social interaction in a game. At that point, they're just sitting there listening to someone else's conference call. And that's super boring. And I can't fault anyone for, uh, you know, kind of checking out mentally 
if the game's dragging. So it's really important, more so than even uh, in person, to pace your games well. And the best way to do this is just, you know, as the DM, don't continuously try to, to get the last word in with your players. There's a lot of times where DMs will try to, you know, come up with the best lines and stuff like that, you know, crack good jokes. Around the table, yeah, that's that's perfectly fine. That's fun. It's all part of kind of being in a social experience. But once you're, uh, you know, once you're virtual, again, you, you kind of uh, halt progress and makes things very difficult for players uh, who aren't engaged in what's going on. And again, as players... Don't slow down. Don't slow down the progress of the game. Don't spend an hour. You should not spend an hour arguing about where to find a boat anyway. Uh, don't be like me. But especially in an online game, do not spend an hour arguing about where to find a boat. Because at some point, someone's just going to rage quit. And it's not going to be fun. You're all going to be upset. They're going to be super upset. And you're all going to feel like you're wasting your time. So yeah, just don't do that. And then when it comes to combat, again, you have the ability virtually to be super organized. You have the ability to have multiple windows and tabs open, you know, have documents open where you can keep track of initiative. So don't let that fall by the wayside. Uh, a lot of these virtual tabletops have initiative trackers. Uh, so you can always see kind of whose turn it is. So stay on top of that because, you know, it, it's, sometimes it's easy to skip over someone. Um, just make it easy to, you know, track whose turn it is and then be decisive on your turn. Because as boring, again, it, it's like when the social situations drag. As boring as it is, uh, you know, being a wizard, trying to choose your spell, you know, going back and forth through your spell book. Oh, what am I going to do now? Uh, 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 fireball again. You know, that's that's again amplified by a thousand when you're on a, uh, a virtual tabletop and, you know, people are waiting on you to take your turn, staring blankly at their screens, staring at the uh, the image of your ugly mug that froze because the uh, the Internet's not great. You know, so more so than ever in in role playing, it's important to really be on it and be prepared to act both as a DM and a player, because that keeps the game brisk. It makes sure that, you know, something's always happening, always going on, always moving forward, and that way players don't have the time to check out of the game. Now, again, on the player side of things, don't have a bunch of stuff open that can distract you. Uh, have your books, have your dice. Uh, a lot of people use stuff like D&D Beyond when they're playing virtually. Uh, absolutely, have that open, have those references open. <clears throat> but don't have, you know, YouTube videos playing. God forbid, don't have a video game that you're playing while everyone else is taking their turn. You know, don't don't be distracted. I know at home, you know, sometimes you'll you'll be called away if you have kids, especially a kid might come in and, and say something. Uh, cats might do something silly. Uh, a pet might get out. There might be an incident where you have to go clean or something like that. That's different. That's real life stuff. But don't intentionally have stuff open that can distract you and don't have stuff around you that can distract you. It's bad enough when you're in person and someone's on the phone all the time. OK, but there's an aspect of social shit. There's an aspect of social shaming there. That's very hard to say, by the way. It's very hard to say social shaming without sounding like Sean Connery. Social shaming. Oh, I feel like my Sean Connery impression gets worse by the year. But anyway, 
when there's no one around and, you know, your camera's not necessarily pointed where other people can see it, it's easy to, you know, be on your phone all the time. Like, you know, hold up your phone. I'm holding my phone right now. This isn't a video podcast, so you can't see it. But yeah, I'm holding my phone. It's vitally important that you not be on your phone all the time during a virtual game. Because again, if not a lot's happening, you get distracted, and then it's your turn, and everyone's like, hey, Ryan, 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 Earth to Ryan, wake up, it's your turn. You're like, oh, what? sorry, I was on Reddit. So yeah, keep phone use to an absolute minimum when you're doing a virtual game, and that's, it, it goes doubly so for virtual games as it does for in-person games, because again, there's no one there to say, hey, put your phone down. Players might not even be able to see that you're on your phone. So yeah, just don't do anything to distract yourself. Uh, don't paint minis. You already heard me say that. Don't don't paint minis. Um, also, don't lie in bed while you're playing. Because if you get bored, you might fall asleep. I have had someone fall asleep during a, uh, a virtual game. I will not name them. They know who they are. This has happened multiple times. This player had to be traveling for uh, one of our games, and so he had to he had to video conference in. And he was sitting on a hotel bed while he was playing, and he fell asleep. We had to wake him up. We had to wake him up for his turn. I don't remember if he continued to fall asleep. I think it was just once that he fell asleep. But you know, I understand if you're traveling and you want to you want a video in for your. D&D game. We we understand that it's a long day, but if you're feeling super tired, don't feel obligated to join the game. If you think you're going to fall asleep, don't join the game. And if you're one of those people who no matter how tired you are, if you're laying down, you can fall asleep easily. <clears throat> don't put yourself in a situation where you can fall asleep. You know, sit upright, be alert, have some coffee if you need it. But don't kind of put yourself in a situation where you're going to you know, be distracted or, you know, break your own immersion or fall asleep during a game. And I understand it can be really boring sometimes, but just don't do it. I don't want to say it's rude because in many ways it's involuntary. Uh, sometimes you can't control when you fall asleep. You're tired. You're tired. I get it. But give yourself the best possible circumstances for, you know, being engaged in the game and, and playing. And so if you do all of those things, you can probably succeed in having a good, engaging online game, even if, like me, you uh, prefer to play in person. So fortunately, I, I was able to make my session happen on Wednesday, and then as I'm recording this, I'm getting ready for uh, my session tonight, uh, Saturday night, that's also going to be run virtually. And... I'm going to do my best to, to kind of keep these things in mind and to make sure that my players aren't, uh, you know, distracted or bored. And that's something that I really, you know, kind of internalize and take personally. You know, I don't want to bore my players. Now, the Wednesday group was absolutely fantastic. I could not have asked for a better group to, to play online. They're all pros about it. You know, they were all super, they were all super cool. There was no phone usage, uh, no one, you know, was painting minis, no one fell asleep. Uh, we had some technical difficulties, but, you know, you can't really control that. Someone's computer died. Happens. But we had a, a really good game, and, you know, I really enjoyed playing with those guys. 
And if I'm going to be forced to do this for a while, I, I hope that all of my games continue to go that way. And I'm going to try and take what I did in that game and, you know, transfer it over to the game that I'm running tonight. And, you know, hopefully I will succeed in doing that and my players will have a bunch of fun. I hope. I'm only human. I can't promise that I'm always going to be engaged, though. That's that's the thing. I, you know, I, I love playing D&D. And I recognize the severity of the times that we're in. But I, I, I'd i be lying if I said that I can somehow convince myself not to be frustrated that I'm not playing in person. And it's something that I'm going to have to actively work towards and actively get over. The unfortunate part of it is that I think that, you know, aggravation is only going to get worse the longer this goes. And I hope, every day I hope, that this is not going to go on forever. You know, maybe I'm a fool. I don't want to hear from anyone who knows or thinks they know what your predictions are, because at this point, no one really knows what's going to happen. We've got some good ideas. No one knows what's going to happen. I hope this is all over by late April or May. I hope. I hope that's me being optimistic. Some people are saying, you know, late summer. I don't want you to reach out to me and tell me that it's going to be late summer, because that will upset me. And I just really don't want to be driven to depression right now because I just recently convinced myself that was going to be okay. And I don't need to go back to that. So hopefully this will all be over, you know, by May and you know, we can go outside, go to conventions and have our games in person again. But if this drags on, I might have to continue to remind myself of this. And maybe you are in the same boat. Maybe you also want to play in person and see your players and interact with them in a genuine, real gaming situation. And I hope for all of our sakes that we get to do that sooner rather than later. And I hope that, you know, we get to we get to do North Texas RPG Con and Gen Con and all those those later cons in the year that, you know, I'm looking forward to going to. I'm hoping to make both North Texas and Gen Con. I'm hoping they're not canceled. But if they are, and if you know, we continue to have to run these games from the safety of our homes. If we continue to have to Skype, if we continue to have to use Roll20 or Discord or Zoom, there are ways that we can make the experience a little bit more palatable, a little bit more tolerable, and maybe we can still enjoy D&D while all of this is going on. And ultimately, that's my goal here. I want to continue to enjoy D&D, because without D&D, it's going to get real dark for me. I, I need something to look forward to every week. And, you know, without, you know, without being able to play these games, you know, without going to church, you know, fortunately, I still have my job and my wife. Without them, it, this would all be very dark. If I were in a situation where I couldn't work, where I couldn't do this podcast, uh, I couldn't play D&D, you know, if, if somehow the internet shuts off while all this is going on, and I really hope I didn't just jinx us all, I'm going to knock on some wood here. But if the internet shuts off uh, during all of this, it's just going to be a nightmare. It's going to be an unadulterated nightmare, and I hope that doesn't happen. But, you know, ultimately, I hope that we all stay safe. But I also hope that we can all keep our flags flying here and keep in good spirits and keep on the bright side while all of this is happening. And I'm sorry if all of this seems a little bit scattered. Um... It very much is. 
I'm, I'm very much kind of speaking from the heart, speaking off the cuff here and and trying not only to, to you know, talk with you guys about playing virtually, but also to share my real feelings about playing virtually and about the situation that we're in and about how it makes me feel both as a person and a gamer and a podcast host. And, and truth be told, these are not ideal circumstances. I think I've made that very clear. Uh, these are, in fact, for me, some of the least ideal circumstances that, that we could find ourselves in. But in order to, to keep our spirits up and to keep my spirits up, we've got to keep pressing forward. And so that's why I do this. That's why I did this episode. And that's why Rolling Bones with Ryan Howard is not going anywhere, no matter you know what happens no matter how many people are listening to it, the show is going to stay right where it is. We're going to keep doing what we're doing. And I look forward to next week. Next week, I am going to be reviewing uh, Savage Worlds Adventurers Edition. I've got that book right here. And I'm doing that in preparation for when I'm able to bring Shane Hensley on the show to talk about the Suede update for Deadlands. Uh, because not only is the rule set updating, but there's going to be some updates to the meta. Deadlands is kind of moving in a new direction uh, as far as content goes. There's going to be a lot of changes to, to Deadlands coming with this new update. And so I want to bring Shane on again to talk about that. They're going to be launching a Kickstarter at some point. Uh, that Kickstarter was supposed to be launched by the end of this month, but with Again, things being the way they are, they've had to postpone. I'm hoping they'll be able to launch sooner rather than later, again, like with everything. But at this point, it's all up in the air. You know, it's it's out of our hands. And, you know, hopefully Shane will be able to come on the show soon and we'll be able to talk about it. Hopefully that Kickstarter will be up soon so we can all get our hands on that book sooner. But all that to say, next week, uh, I will be doing another solo episode reviewing Savage Worlds Adventurers Edition. And the week after that, on April the 6th, I am excited to announce that we are bringing back Levi Combs. He's got a, uh, a brand new book that he's kickstarting. Uh, starting on that date that we're recording on April 6th, that'll be the launch of the Kickstarter for uh, Skullcano Island, which looks unbelievably bonkers. Uh, Levi shared some art with me, and it, it just looks cool. I don't want to give anything away until he's on the show to talk about it, but it, it all just looks awesome. And I'm so excited just to, to share this with you and, and to share it with him and to bring him back on the show and just geek out. Levi's been an unbelievable supporter of the show, and I just want to bring him back on to talk about his new project because he's a great guy and we have great conversations. And that is all coming in April. Uh, I'll keep you guys updated as things move forward. I am looking forward to just continuing this podcast, continuing to, to keep you bonehead satisfied out there. Uh, so that's going to do it for today's episode. Sorry, it's a bit of a short one. That's what tends to happen when I do solo episodes, though. So there we go. So until next time, guys, whether you rolled a 1 or a 20, I'm glad that you rolled your bones with me. Ryan Howard, and I'll see you next time.